Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. What's shaking, Red Nation? Welcome to another episode of The Dream Take, presented by The Dream Shake. Jaron Brenner here, talking all things Houston Rockets. Uh, and today, Rockets fall short once again. Final score, Knicks 106, Rockets 99. We're coming live a little bit after the game. Game had a 4 o'clock Houston tip, and we're about uh, four and a half hours removed from this. So we do have a little bit more... Uh, to kind of more time to process in tonight's episode than we usually do in the past. And as always, um, you know, we're, we're here to talk Rockets. We're going to have listeners come and drop their takes and all, but I can't do the show alone today, not on a Saturday, not when we've got a lot to talk about like this. So I've got my co-pilot, Michael Brown, up here with me. Mike, uh, you know, overall today, a loss nonetheless, but there is a lot of good to take away from today. Yeah, absolutely. Always a pleasure to be on with you, my man. Um, you know, I caught the most of the second half. And to be honest with you, this is one of the more encouraging games I've seen from the Rockets easily so far this year. Probably one of the the two most encouraging performances I've seen. A lot of positives out of this game. Yeah, and I was able to catch catch the game myself. And, and I think from from start to finish, we had – uh, a pretty complete effort. I mean, take away the fourth quarter, obviously. Uh, but like the Rockets had a lead in the fourth quarter tonight, a uh, chance to win this one on the road. Unfortunately, they fall short. Ultimately, I think the reason, though, why they lose this game, the Knicks were just, they finally caught fire from three. I think they made 18 threes tonight, something like that. And yeah, they shoot 18 of 41 from three. Evan Fournier was five of 10 from three. Alec Burks, Rockets killer extraordinaire, had was six of seven uh, from beyond and 20 points off the bench tonight to lead the Knicks and to lead all scorers tonight. But I think the Rockets, um, they, they fought well tonight. And I really enjoyed the defense, the defensive effort in the first half. I think that really got the Rockets off to a good start. And maybe part of that had to do with the fact that it was an earlier tip. Maybe the Knicks just kind of came in slow Uh, and the Rockets weren't necessarily great on the offensive end in the first quarter. They had like eight turnovers in the first like six minutes of the game. Very typical from what we've seen from the Rockets, but ultimately they were able to overcome those. And maybe you point to that and you say, well, if they had, you know, gotten off to a better start offensively, then maybe you get uh, a a different result than what you got today. But ultimately I think, you know, in in a rebuild situation, you got to take positives. And I think, I think you can take a lot from today. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the biggest thing, Jeremy, is and we you and I talked about this a little bit. I mean, in 11 minutes on the court, DJ Augustine helped this team a lot. You know, like guys like him. I was really impressed with Garrison Matthews. I, I've been nothing but impressed with Matthews since he's gotten here. The individual performances that I saw from the guys outside of the fourth quarter, 
we're just we're solid, man. You know, like yeah, I mean the Knicks are good. I mean that's a team that was what eight and seven coming into this game. You're on their home court. Weird start time. Uh, KJ Martin played well. Christian Wood, eighteen and twelve, had a a phenomenal block. I think it was in the third quarter. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, he had a he had a big one. Jalen Green had, had a couple. you know one of his more efficient games of the year uh, with sixteen points. And what I loved about him was that you know he was two of five from the three point line. That's efficient play from a guy. You know, a guy who's not shooting too much. Exactly. I mean, the guys had 22 turnovers. Uh, not great. Once again, I don't know if I'm now more okay with it or I'm just – I don't know what it is. But I look at a game like tonight. I'm like, you lost by seven. They turned the ball over 22 times and they missed nine free throws. I guess I'm – I look at that and I'm like, you know what? You cut those out, you probably win this game, which is an important step, I feel like, for this team that they did enough to win this game. They got beat in the fourth. They had dead legs. I mean, how many open threes did they have in the fourth quarter? I can remember at least three. Yeah. Yeah. Too many. For sure. Too many. Yeah. What it was and and Jalen Green was talking about how they they faced adversity in that fourth quarter. They, they played well through the first three quarters. They played enough basketball to win that game. And in the fourth quarter, when they had a shot, they had a shot to win that game in the fourth quarter, and they ultimately fell short. And I think, you know, a lot of people uh, will point to this game as to, okay, uh, let's find out what Steven Silas did wrong. And I think that Silas is still trying to figure out his lay of the land, and maybe it, it's a little bit too slow for our likings, considering this is the 14th or 15th straight loss, but... I do think that Silas is starting to get a better handle of his rotations, at least what he was able to get out of this team today. And the controversial decision comes obviously with playing Daniel Tice down the stretch. And before I share my thoughts on it, I want to get yours on it, Mike, because I'm sure we probably differ in this opinion, but you know, once, you know, once in a while we agree, but I I definitely want to hear your thoughts first on playing Tice down the stretch as opposed to Shenga. It doesn't make any sense. You know, I think it's Shengun is only going to get better with experience on the court and an experience in a game like this, he could have truly benefited from. And, you know, you and I, I think one thing that we are very much in agreement on is the analytical side of certain situations in basketball. Like Daniel Tice tonight was not good. You know, he was 23 minutes on the court. He was a minor. Offensively, he was not off- good. I think defensively, he was. Yeah. And th- overall, th- there really isn't a benefit to me right now to having Tice on the court instead of Shengun. Like, defensively, you're right. I mean, Tice is, is solid. The thing, though, that... You need defense, but what were you getting killed with down the stretch in the fourth quarter? You know, you need guys that can contest shots. Tice is good at it. He's not great at it. Neither is Chen Goon. I mean, down the stretch, like, I would have actually have liked to have seen a different lineup than they had on the court at the end. Who would you have put as your your five to close that game? Because the thing in this this stretch, the Rockets have had – 
not every game they've had a lineup to where they've needed to close a game like that. So what would you have done, yeah. Mr. Michael Silas? I actually would have gone small at the end because they were getting killed on the perimeter. Like they weren't getting dominated near the glass. I mean, yeah, you look at what Julius Randle had. What did Randle have tonight? He had 16 and 10. Like nobody on that team kills you inside. I actually would have liked to have seen them go ultra-athletic and small at the end. I would have gone Gordon Green, Tate, Martin, and Matthews. I think Matthews deserved to be on the court at the end. Yeah, you know, I, I think so, too. I think that's Garrison, my Matthews, Garrison Matthews is going to, I think, be with this team for the rest of the season. He should be. And I'm curious, because he is on a two-way contract, and he has NBA experience prior to coming to Houston, um, but I'm curious to see who he will take, I, I, whether it'll be – whether it'll be Daniel House or Armani Brooks that he eventually replaces when they do have to sign him to that main. And look, House and Armani Brooks are in the exact same situation that Matthews is in now. And House came in on that two-way deal, played extremely well to have to be on that um, to have to be on the roster when he was on that two-way deal uh, in twenty what was it twenty nineteen now? Yeah, it was, it was 19. a couple of years ago. Yeah, so remember, like when Daniel House was like unsigned for that whole period of time, like fans were like, "Well, we need to get Daniel House on the floor." Like, and it, and it's kind of crazy how the tables have turned, and and it's like kind of his time to go. He only played two minutes tonight, Daniel House, and I think that goes to show you um, what he does, but ultimately also with, with Matthews. And this is all that I want to talk about it because I think we, we do have more important pressing things to talk about, but I think he's a better version of Armani Brooks. I think that he is just a little bit further along, a little bit better defensively. He's there for his three point shot. He's a great three point shooter. And I just don't know if there are many scenarios where you play both Garrison and Armani Brooks on the floor at the same time. So that's why I'm thinking maybe he'll end up replacing Armani Brooks when the time comes, but that's still a long ways away, and it's just something that I kind of want fans to – or our listeners to kind of just think about and not necessarily you know, react to it or, or anything like that. But it, it is going to be a storyline that pops up a little bit later down the line. But in terms of this um, playing Tice in the stretch, this is what I'm going to make of it. I'm going to give you my theory, my Jeremy Silas theory. So Silas values defense over anything. Let's be real. And today – the defensive plan was um, fixated on making sure Julius Randle did not uh, was not able to be Julius Randle, and he is their best offensive. Um, you know, he is their best offensive player in terms of making things happen. He's a catalyst. He's probably he's who their offense runs through a lot of the time, and I think that the Rockets had a couple of guys that matched up really well against Randall, Tice being one of them, Tate being one of them. I thought Christian Wood played really good defense on him when he was uh, having to rise up to the occasion and, and guard him. Um, so that is why I think the Rockets were able to do that and um, and stop Julius Randall. Only 16 points for Julius Randall. That's under his his season average. I think it's a good, good move the Rockets made. Now, you say go small, Mike. The only issue is if you put Randall and um, – put Randall and Robinson out there. It, it makes it really challenging because then you're forcing Jay Sean Tate to come down and play and play on those guys because nobody else that isn't a big can go and play defense there. And it, you either get killed by the threes, which is what they, they asked for, or you get killed on the low block, which would have been 
I think a little bit worse because a two-point shot is a whole lot easier to make than a three-point shot. And the Knicks, for the most part, before that fourth quarter, were really struggling from the three-point line. So that's why I think the Rockets were kind of just letting them letting them shoot. And the Knicks, look, they're a really good three-point shooting team. They have a lot of guys. They're just snipers over there, Evan Fournier and Alec Burks being the two main ones tonight. But I think in terms of playing Tice over Shangun, Tice is still the better player defensively. Shangun is the better player offensively, and Shangun is the better player overall. And yes, I can argue with the fact of, yeah, let's play the young guys. But at the same time, too, look, Shangun went down with a back injury at, at one point during this game, and he did return from it. I don't know if that necessarily played into why he went with Tice over Shangun, but Silas at this point still trusts his veterans over his young guys. And I don't necessarily know if they've earned that trust. I think that KJ Martin and Shangun, the way they played today, they're getting closer to earning that trust for Steven Silas. Maybe not enough to play in this game, but ultimately, like, I think the one criticism I have of Silas is maybe give your younger guys a chance down the stretch. And because they might be able to surprise you, who knows? But at this point also, I feel like Steven Silas is really trying to get a win because a win would do so much, I think, for this team. Just one single win. It doesn't matter if it's on the road or at home or if it's against OKC or New York or or Golden State. It really doesn't matter who the win is against. He just wants to get a win to really boost the confidence of the team. And I think that tonight he looked at Tice. He said, Tice and, you know, I really need to stop Randall. Tice is my best option. And the Knicks did a good job because they were able to recognize that and they were able to switch Tice off of Randall. And that was able to, you know, get Randall a better look down the stretch and was able to get other guys that Tice wasn't guarding and, and to get open threes for those for those sharpshooters that they have and that were so efficient in that fourth quarter. Yeah, it, it all makes sense. You know, it's – I will tell you, I mean, I've been asking for this type of game for a while. Uh you know, just feeling like they're developing and you can see it, you know, like this is the type of game where you look at it and you go, you know, I touched on it earlier, but literally cut out the turnovers and make your free throws. And this is an entirely different game. And what you're talking about earlier was to me, it's the opposite of what you were saying. Like, I'd rather give up. I mean, Robinson had six points tonight. Like he doesn't scare me. Like if they're going to go to him in the fourth, I'd rather them go to him in the fourth instead of kicking it out to, you know, Burks who killed us. Uh, a Robinson yeah. dunk is more likely to go in than a Burks. Sure. But I also Even trust. Even though Burks' threes were going in at, you know, six out of seven tonight. You know, right. I'd rather take the risk on a three than a dunk any day. Yeah, for sure. It, it looks, it just looked like I would rather trust our defensive strategy because it did work tonight. Like you gave up 106 to the Knicks. Uh, would I have liked to win tonight? Absolutely. I think one thing that you touched on, though, is, you know, a guy like Daniel House. Like, Daniel House's time with this roster is coming to an end. You saw it tonight. It's – he's done. And, and I want nothing but the best for Daniel House. I know you and I have both gone back and forth on what he did in the bubble, what he's meant to this team. Like, we don't actively root against anybody. But tonight, getting minutes to a guy like Garrison Matthews, he took the charge. I, I literally cannot say enough good things about this kid. 
I think he's actually a going to. And he's the best player on the team. <laughs> it's close. I mean, look. Well, like, no, he's not. Is, I know. I know. I know. Trust me. But here's the thing, though. You talked about whose minutes he's going to take. You know, he's a better version. And I hate to say this because you know how much I love Armani Brooks. He just does more things on the court than Armani mm-hmm. Brooks can do. You know, he had five. He had five rebounds tonight. He took the charge. Um, look at the bench tonight, man. Like the bench. Uh, I just want to touch on this real quick. KJ Martin in 20, 21 minutes on the court was a plus 10. KJ looked really good tonight. He looked great tonight, man. I mean, he's five of six from the field. He had three rebounds. He had two steals. He's a plus 10. Daniel House was literally on the court for two minutes, and he was in minus five. And then you look at the other four bench guys, and this isn't, you know, BS, you know, this is not a BS statistic. Your four bench guys between Shangoon, Augustine, Brooks, and Matthews, and I take Brooks out of that. Let's talk about Augustine, Matthews, and Shangoon. Between the three of them combined in 48 minutes on the court, we're a combined uh, plus uh, 15. That's significant. That means that your guys can produce when you give them the opportunity. And the last thing I want to get your take on one of the biggest positives out of tonight, they have now lost 14 games in a row. They have not quit on Silas. Do you know how big that is? Do you know, well, I'm not you, but like, if you're a Rockets fan, the fact that the guys are still playing this hard to get this staff, this roster a win is huge for the development of this team. That's what I was thinking during the game today is they want to win so badly and they're not quitting. They're not quitting on the process. Like losing 14 games in a row is not an easy thing to go through. It's important to note. Yeah, and look, I think I think that is I, I definitely haven't questioned that they're quitting on Silas ever. The fan base might be because he's an easy target, but at this point, I, I just I think Silas is the right coach right now because I think what you're seeing the growth from Shangun, the growth from KJ, the growth from Jalen Green, that is uh, credited to Silas and the coaching staff. Yeah, it is. And and look, while the rotations may need some work, at the end of the day, what should be more important is whether these individual players are doing well. And I, and I hate to say that because, you know, basketball is a team game and, and you want to see the team succeed. But, you know, right now, I think I think Steven Silas is still trying to figure it out, still trying to figure out his way of the land. And while it might be a little bit, um, you know, it, it's not like immediate. The thing is, the Rockets have time. Rockets have plenty of time to figure this out. And whether it takes them you know, the full year or not, you know, eventually like games like today, you're showing them, you're showing the fans that it's going to get better. Look, today is November 20th, right? The Rockets played their first game on October 20th. This is only one month into a season that is still, you know, far away from ending the last game being April 10th. So we still have about, four or five months left of this season. And you look at where the Rockets were at that first game against Minnesota, where they looked totally lost against Utah, where they looked totally lost against, you know, Phoenix on uh, Sunday, where they looked totally lost 
you know, they get better. They're, they're getting better. And, and I do think that part of why this losing streak has been as long as it has been is because of this, you know, really tough schedule. They've had a really tough schedule. Let's, let's not kid. Let's not like forget that. Like yeah. they played most of the teams they played in are playoff teams right now. So I think that, and look, the schedule is going to improve. Once you get past this week with Boston, Chicago, Charlotte, which is, you know, three very tough games. I'd like to see them compete in one of those games, maybe try to steal one of them. I think the one that they can steal the most likely is against Boston, which is, you know, kind of crazy. But after that, you get Oklahoma City twice. Then you get Orlando. Then you get the Pelicans. Then things start to get a little bit easier, and and maybe you can start to piece some wins together, and you start to feel a little bit better about the overall, you know, direction of this team. Sure. And the – the other thing that I was thinking tonight, you got to ask the question about Kevin Porter Jr. You know, it's what, what is he, what is his role with this team? You know, if he comes back, I mean, they competed against a good Knicks team tonight without him. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't know, man. Like it's hard. It's hard to assess what I feel like his impact on this game would have been. Like, I think the Rockets obviously have a better chance at winning games with Kevin Porter Jr. playing. But maybe after this, what tonight showed is his role needs to be different. You know? Well, I think his role ends up being what Eric Gordon was tonight. That's fair. And I, and, think, I think he would succeed at that role, man. I look, really do. Yeah, and, and when Eric Gordon, you know, is not on this team – you know, that, that will change things. And, and I do, I do think that it, because look, at the end of the day, Kevin Porter is not the reason why these turnovers are, are so high. You saw it tonight, right? Even with, even without him, they're still complete. They're still completing all these turnovers. Mm -hmm. So Kevin Porter is not a hundred percent the reason behind all of this, uh, or at least the, the poor turnovers and the Rockets, they, they've, I think committed, they average more turnovers per game. I read this stat from I think I think it was Fred Katz from the Athletic. Yeah, yeah this is nuts. Yeah, I know it's true. More turnovers per game than any team in the last twenty-one years, Mike. Yeah. And that's and you know what? You know what? You know what that is? You know what showed tonight though is part of the part of the problem is on Silas and coaching staff. Because to me, this is a system problem. It's not a player problem. They play too fast. They, they probably play too fast because a lot of sure. A lot of those turnovers were like, you know, passes that, you know, like Eric Gordon sailed one to the third row early in the game. Uh, Christian Wood uh, sent, like sent an outlet pass too far. Um, you know, Jalen Green, I think the first turnover of the game, he like tried to find the pocket pass and wasn't there. Like they're trying to force things a little too much and that, and they get in trouble there. And yeah. I think that when it comes to, Look, when it comes to the the ball handling and all of that, I do think Kevin Porter will get better, and I do think that um, this, I do think that this, these last two games will hopefully show him, you know, because he's seeing the game, he's on the sidelines, so he's watching the game happen without having to make any decisions that affect the team. I do think that that will help the Rockets down the line. Yeah, I, I think the kind of just to touch on Silas though you have to look at the system you have to it's got to be adjusted 
You know, I don't think it has to be completely revamped, but you have to make adjustments on the fly. You just got to tweak some things. You know, I think it's, I think it's very interesting what's happening with Nawaba right now too. Mm-hmm. Him not getting any minutes at all. I mean, this he is a guy that you, he might be, nobody played the other night though. Like he got, he got uh, like garbage minutes in within the past three games. So I don't know if he's hurt and you're just playing him sparingly, like when you need him, but it's just interesting how quickly things can turn. I well, don't guess Matthews is getting those minutes now. And that's what I'm, yeah. And I like it a lot, you know, and, and eventually when they move Gordon, I think tonight, ultimately you got a good glimpse of what this team is going to be like when they move on from the vets, when they move on from Gordon, when they move on from house, um, you know, and I like it, you know, it's, it's a team that I think can, can develop and grow together. You know, mm-hmm. I think you found a diamond in the rough in Garrison Matthews. Uh, I don't think Amarni Brooks will be here after this season. I think they'll find a new home for him. Um, you know, unfortunately, I think DJ Augustine has a role on this team, you know, for the rest of the year. I, I like him on the floor tonight. What was the play? I just thought was so pretty. Like he caused the steal. Did he throw the ball to green? Like he he stole the ball, passed it to the left, and then they threw an alley oop to somebody. I don't remember specifically. It was, it was I think it was KJ to Alfie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's was, what it that was. was. Yeah. They, that was probably like the most in sync they've looked all year. And I think you're starting to see that chemistry is starting to improve. So hopefully within these next couple of games, you're going to start to see the turnovers go down a little bit and you're going to start to see more cohesion because I do think that it is there. um, And it's finally getting to a point where we're seeing this kind of come together, but I don't have currently any speaker requests right now from anyone that's in the audience. Thank you to those that are listening to us live after this game. So if you guys want to come up and talk, feel free to hit that speaker request button and come on up here. But um, I think, you know, hopefully Kevin Porter comes back soon. I wouldn't want him to sit on the sidelines too much because I do think that, you know, he's there for a reason. But I think also, too, when Kevin Porter comes back, it will allow the team to send Josh Christopher to the G League. Because I think yeah. that's the only reason why he is still on this roster. They sent Garuba down to the G League because they have plenty of bigs. And I think the reason why they, they sent Christopher down there, even though he didn't play tonight, like if someone were to get hurt during the game, Christopher, I think, would have would have uh, soaked up those minutes. And I think, I think once we get Kevin Porter back there, that will be able to send Christopher to the G League get him some reps, get him some minutes. I'd like to see what Garuba has been able to do in the G league. I, th- I think they've played a game or two, right? Mike? Yeah. I think they've played two games. Uh, I don't think it's anything of significance, uh, but he's definitely getting some decent run. I believe. Perfect. I mean, yeah. Cause I do think, cause I, I definitely have heard, you know, like whispers and, and all that from, from people inside red nation. And they're like, well, why didn't Christopher go down there? Why didn't um like, you know, why is it just Garuba? Why is, you know, why is he not playing? But, um, yeah, so they, they played on um, – okay, so they played on the 13th, which – when was the 13th? That was a week ago, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was their last game. So tonight is their first game. They haven't played for a week, at least right. from, from what I'm seeing. They're playing Mexico City. They're up currently. Garuba has played 30 minutes tonight, Mike. That's awesome. Garuba – 
14, 14 points. Um, he's had eight rebounds, six of six from the field. So he's either taking really efficient shots or he's dunking. Um, he does have five fouls and six turnovers. So uh, again, turnovers are an issue, not just in uh, Houston, but in the Valley as well. Um, but they look like they're going to beat Mexico City tonight, which is uh, always a good thing to get a win because, you know, they come very scarcely here in um, in Houston with the Rockets. But a uh, good thing that we have some uh, winning basketball down in the Valley to, to talk about. But ultimately, um, I think this is a good place to park the rocket ship for now. But, uh, Mike, I heard you went to RenFest. You get a turkey leg. It is the Thanksgiving season. Do you want to talk a little bit about your RenFest vacation or, or what have you? Yeah, it was actually my first time I've ever been to uh, the Renaissance Festival. I actually come to find out that it is the biggest Renaissance Festival in the country. Mm-hmm. Can uh, you take the RenFest real seriously? It is. It's exactly what I thought it would be. I mean, there must have been. I'm not kidding you. There was probably twenty thousand people there. It's pretty good uh 20 to 30,000 just it's a lot of fun man i mean it's just people that get dressed up a couple people tried to you know cast spells on me which was a little weird uh the drinks are hella expensive uh i only had two uh i did get a renaissance festival coffee mug as a souvenir okay and what did i have to eat oh i did do the turkey leg it was very good can they cast a spell on the rockets Man, I tried. Uh, I probably the weirdest thing was like, I was not under the impression that I figured they had like a sports bar back in the Renaissance days. Uh, So I asked somebody, I was like, Hey, is there anywhere like you guys are showing any of the college football games? And they like half the people that work there are of the mindset that they're back in like 1480. It's the, it's like Disney world. Yeah, it is very much like Disney world. Uh, they they immerse themselves, man. Um, like, what art thou football? Yeah, yeah. They're like, what do you mean? Thy football is on t- thy TV. What is a TV? What I'm like, TV? all right, all right. I'm like, all right. I'm leaving. What is a Houston uh, Rockets? I do. I, you know what? Probably the biggest thing to me though is just the like level of okayness of everybody around you that every other person is carrying a weapon that can kill somebody else. So mm-hmm. people just walking around with, like swords and daggers and all this stuff. There's no security. Like they don't check you at the doors or anything. I'm like, so if a conversation just goes south, you could literally lose your life. There. That's, that's not where you want to be when the purge begins. No, no, <laughs> no. Like I'm just looking around and I'm like, all right, this is great. It, I mean, I spent like five and a half hours there. I was ready to come home. Let me put it that way. We're glad you're safe and you're in one piece. Um, yes before we go i did i did see this question down in the chat here from dustin he's got what's up with gordon dismissing Jalen green in the fourth quarter he's making him go to the corner no reason 32 year old eric gordon should try to be taking over games when you need development well the thing is like gordon's role with kevin porter out is to take over the offense he is the guy and and i do think that um he knows his abilities as a driver and I do think that they're they are better than than Jalen Green's at this point, and I don't necessarily think that's like a, a slight on Jalen, but 
Eric Gordon's just a, a bigger body. And the thing with Jalen is I think he can be a really good driver. The only problem is he's just he's small right now. And and he's gonna get and, and the Knicks are huge down low. So it's it's very likely that, you know, if Jalen were to keep driving, that he'd just get stuffed at the rim. Because there were a lot of times where, you know, anyone else like like Eric Gordon would get stuffed at the rim. So it's either it's either Eric Gordon getting stuff at the rim or Jalen getting stuff at the rim. And the Rockets are trusting Jalen Green with his three-point shot. So I think that's why they have him on the perimeter. I don't necessarily think that's, you know, the best strategy, the way to go. But ultimately, when Jalen does build enough muscle and, yep. you know, when he gets better as, you know, he sees the game, the game slows down for him a little bit more. I do think we're going to see more of him uh, taking it to the rim, driving to the cup. He did he did that a couple times tonight, and it, and it went well for him. But – I do think that the volume of that will increase when, when he just gets stronger as, you know, mentally as an NBA, as like a point guard or a ball handler, um, as well as, you know, stronger physically. Yeah, and one quick thing on that. Um, Jalen Green's postgame comments, if you haven't seen them yet, I recommend you go look at them. He gave a, a pretty long response as to what happened at the end of the game. And he's starting to take on more of a leadership role on this team. Uh, assessing situations, especially, you know, in his post-game comments. And that comes with the territory. I mean, the kid is 19 years old. It's very, very difficult, the job that the Rockets have tasked him to do. And fans like myself are guilty of this, of wanting the world from this kid from day one. It's a process. It's going to take time. Mm -hmm. One thing, though, that makes me incredibly nervous, again, is – what and it's so hard to dissect this Jeremy and we could talk about this for hours the Rockets have to identify what type of running buddy for lack of a better term Jalen Green needs in his backcourt because Jalen Green is going to be a part of your backcourt for hopefully for the next 15-20 years what does he need does he need a guy like Eric Gordon that's more dominant on the ball and a you know Jalen Green can play off of that or did they need somebody that's willing to take a backseat to him and they can coexist that way? He's still figuring that out. And with the amount of change that this rotation has gone under in the first 15 or 16 games, I feel for Jalen Green because he's trying to find his place. He's trying to figure out where he belongs. I do think tonight was a really positive step in that, though, because I thought he was very efficient tonight. I thought he played one of his best games by far this season. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited for the next game. Yeah, I'm excited to see him build on that. I'll read. I'll read the full, or at least most of the quote. Sure. Um, sure. I, I feel like I could take on more of a leader role, telling guys not to get away from it, or let's get back to what we were doing. Or I can take control of the ball and get on the ball more. I'm a rookie. I still have a lot to figure out. I don't want to force anything. That's the key there. I still have a lot. Or that. Well, that's the key. I still have a lot to figure out. I don't want to force anything i still got a lot of figuring out to do i won't force anything or try to make it seem like i'm trying to take over or anything like that if that time is going to happen it's going to come so i do think that maybe they are not unlocking that part of Jalen's game right now you know that's not, not to say that he isn't capable but it's just how this team is being run and i don't necessarily hate that they are you know like holding that back from Jalen Green because I do think in order for him to be able to become as complete of a player as possible, they want him to develop like a specific part of his game first and then let that come to him. And instead of trying to put all of those things on his plate at once, 
you know, say, hey, Jalen, let, let's give you some run and let's, you know, get you an opportunity to slow the game down for yourself. Let's get you an opportunity to, like, you know, get that, that three-point shot available. Because once you establish, like, a three-point shot, then that brings the defender to you. And then Jalen can just go pump fake and drive to the rim. That ultimately to me is like they're taking, they're taking baby steps with Jalen. And that isn't to say that Jalen isn't capable of doing this because we saw in the summer league, like he is like when he is given all the tools, he is, he is fully capable of doing everything and anything that's asked of him as, as a, a shooting guard or as a guard or as you know a facilitator. So I think, yeah. I think they're just giving it time because they know they have it. And they know the season is, is kind of lost at this point. So they're, they're really trying to not rush it with him. And I think that's good because, you know, I feel like with Kevin Porter, they are kind of rushing him a little bit. And they're, they're trying to get him to do several things at once as opposed to, you know, just one or two things at a time. But he also has um, – he's also a little bit further along, so maybe that's why they feel that way. Maybe he shouldn't be given as much responsibility as he has, but – Ultimately, I think with Jalen, they're taking it slow. They're taking it like they're taking it slow with him, and I think slowly he is getting there. And that that's that's what I have to say on it. I don't think there's much yeah. else. Yeah, and the thing that I'm excited about that I want Silas to take more of a look at is trying those new things. You know, and it may not be something Jeremy that he can implement until let's say after the All Star break of. What are your thoughts? I mean, real quick, because I know we're going to wrap up the show here in a bit. I think the backcourt would actually be more successful if you switch Kevin Porter Jr. and Jalen. Like, let let Jalen be more of the ball distributor and just let Kevin Porter do his thing. You know, Josh Christopher was a guy that, that I called Lou Williams in the draft. Maybe that's what Kevin Porter Jr. is, is just a hired scorer. Like the dude can just get a bucket. And there's nothing wrong with that. He has a future in the league at a very high level if he can do that. But the more I watch Jalen Green, the more I hear him talk, and actually with the amount of draft capital that we invested in Jalen Green, I think that's something they need to take a look at. Is, is switching their roles and responsibilities. Well, I think that what they're trying to do with Kevin Porter is they're trying to give him that opportunity now so that they don't have to put that on Jalen. But I think the idea of putting Jalen green and Kevin Porter in the same backcourt. And the reason why people think it might be successful is because they both have the ability to kind of play on ball and off ball. Mm -hmm. And I think that right now, Kevin Porter doesn't have enough on ball experience in the NBA to where he can fully say that he can be just as effective on ball as he can off ball. And I think that's why he's primarily taking those point guard duties right now. And also you've got Jalen green, who's still learning, you know, the NBA game, you know, in trying to get it to slow down for him. And I think it will speed up if you put him in the primary point guard position. And I think, and I'm not necessarily saying this is the, this is how it should be because, um, you know, Colin Sexton and Darius Garland, um, that's like kind of the comparison that I'm, I'm drawing up here. And it's only because like that is the vision that they had for Garland and Sexton. And, you know, Garland and Sexton are prop like sex land is what we'll call them. Um, you know, they're being seen as a failure because um, 
because they just didn't find a way to coexist. But I do think that it isn't because of I don't think it's because of their skill sets being too similar. I think I think they would have worked had Sexton been healthy this year. That is like yeah. the main key. And because Garland's playing really well. And I, I do think that's like kind of similar to the vision that the Rockets are trying to do with with Jalen and, and Kevin Porter. But at the same time, it takes a little bit of time. It, it might take it might take this year, it might take next year, it might take the year after that. But I do think that this train is moving in the right direction. This rocket ship is moving closer to the moon. And and with that, I think it's a good place to park the rocket ship for tonight. But really appreciative of everyone that came to listen today, whether you're listening to this on demand or live here on Spotify Green Room. Um, but be sure to follow us on Twitter at the Dream Take and at DreamShake SBN. Head to our website, thedreamshake.com, home of all things Houston Rockets on SBNation.com. We'll be back Monday. Uh, I will not be around Monday. I am, you know, flying back to Houston for the holiday. Um, so Mike is uh, Mission Control for the next episode on Monday night. We play Boston. Uh, Mike, anything left on Boston, real quick? Yeah, just continue to build on what we saw tonight. Uh, let Jalen, you know, be on ball a little bit more, and uh, it's a tough test against Boston. But I think it's definitely a, a game that they can stay in until the fourth quarter and see if we can finally get back in the win call. Jalen scored 30 the last time we played Boston. So hopefully we get something similar out of, out of him and the team looked really good against Boston the last time. So yes, sir. Uh, I'm, I'm feeling good about Monday night, but um, be sure to follow my co-pilot, Mr. Michael Brown on Twitter at BSW podcast underscore M B. Follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Brenner. That's J E R E M Y B R E N E R. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the dream take. And until next time, go Rockets.